When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every game from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura and belted into the net, brilliant goal! On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh yeah! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Welcome, welcome and good morning um, to those that may have been watching the stream. This is the NSO in uh, under the touchline Fracker banner. I'll be your host this morning at X-Pac. Booker T joining me today as well. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, man. What's going on, bro? You good? Yeah, lots going on. Um, I'm good. I'm good personally. I mean, maybe a few things not being cancelled would have been um, much better, but you know, we're being respectful. Uh, otherwise, how are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, it was a interesting week of football for us, but all the same, still positive, uh, which we'll get into. So I can't really complain. Exactly, exactly. And um, it, it's kind of worked out where we get to give some of the people an impromptu football fix where there is none this weekend. Uh, normally, mm-hmm. we'd have released the audio by now, but... You know, we just thought we'd hold off and see what was going on with the with the Man City game, I guess, which is no longer going ahead. Um, but we'll get into what what we have done recently. Obviously, it feels like ages ago already since we played our last league game. Um, coming off the one-all draw against West Ham, we're looking to play Fulham. That was obviously last weekend. And yeah. um, <clears throat> I guess a lot of people were expecting there to be some somewhat heavy rotation given that we were going to be playing Marseille midweek. 
content complained last season a little bit um here and there about not being able to use a bigger squad and it, he obviously faltered when we played more than one game a week so yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how we approach the fulham game um obviously you were at the game as well but what did you initially think of the lineup compared to what i guess you thought it might have been um i quite like the lineup to be honest uh I was. It was interesting to see that um, Longley was coming into the team. Um, he seemed to rotate to bring Sess in, and then obviously he gave uh, Richarlison his first, well, his first start in the league as well, um, at the at the expense of Kulusevski, um, which I wasn't really, I wasn't really like um, too unhappy about. But um, against like a Fulham team that I kind of thought was always beatable, I thought this was kind of enough. I was. Just, I was kind of happy to see the two ball playing centre backs in Romero and um, and Longley, um, and I was keen on Richarlison to really get something from the game because um, he's kind of shown in flashes in his um, substitute appearances what he's about. So I was always up for it to be honest. Um, I thought the lineup was was good. I thought again this is a, a, a good enough lineup to be able to beat uh, Fulham. Um, and it it was pretty, I'd say, comfortable in the end, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, we um, obviously we looked to start the game well for once. Like, I don't think any game prior to that uh, this season we had started well in the first half. And I guess that was partly due to the centre-back, the back three we had um, in build-up. Obviously, we were a bit hesitant with our automations because none of them are really that proficient with the ball. You could say Eric Dyer's like okay, but Davinson Sanchez was a bit weaker. Ben Davis is a bit limited, but obviously where Davinson Sanchez is I guess on the ball the most limited of the lot. We saw teams do this season what they started to do last season where they would funnel play up to the right hand side and build up and obviously that would see us force it over there and end up pressing us into errors because obviously we got Emerson Royale out on that right hand side as well, which mm-hmm. is a bit more is a bit more damning. So um it was obviously excellent to have Romero back, obviously to help out Emerson. Longley it surprised me that he started Longley, you know. Um yeah. why? Considering um how on five Mitrovic is at the moment, and I can't remember who he scored against the week prior, but I just remember him attacking that back post. I think that was against that was at home to Brighton. Um, he scored quite a good, quite a good goal, which was uh, oh, excuse me, it was Brentford at home, it, and it was a winner as well, actually, at, at the back post. Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. And he's he's just a back post demon. Like I remember seeing him target Trent on the opening day of the season as well. Obviously, yeah. albeit the opposite far post, but he he loves it over there. So I was um. I was hoping Longley would get tested defensively to a point, mm-hmm. but I was a bit worried about Mitrovic uh, taking advantage of him. But honestly, he was excellent. Like, what did you think yeah. of Longley's Longley's debut? No, I was really impressed. I th- if I'm going to be honest with you, <clears throat> I was I was saying to Sai as well at the game. Like you know, uh, it's a funny one with Longley because I've seen a lot of these comps, these fail comps, and I don't know. I've always kind of been unsure about what kind of a player he is. Like, you know, I know that he's played at Barcelona for some time and he's an international as well. 
But I always thought if, if this is a player that that looks like he's going to be at a good level in terms of technically on the ball, then, you know, uh, with the back three tax, he's, he would kind of be protected. And I was, if I'm honest with you, I was kind of saving my judgment really until I've seen a few games of him. But honestly, uh, from the weekend game against Fulham, I was really, really impressed. Um, I was really impressed with how composed he was on the ball, um, how assured he was in that back three. Um, there was even some nice moments where he was able to come into midfield very briefly. And I also liked like the range of passes that he, he gave as well. Like I felt like um, he mixed it up. He was quick with his passing. Um, he gave some really nice crossfield passes. That was good as well. Um, and everything that was required of him defensively, I think he I think he dealt with uh, pretty well. He, I don't think he was tested as much defensively, but I think he did like for a debut. Um, he did okay. I was, I was happy. And to be honest with you, uh, I feel that... That this is a kind of a good place to be, uh, having a player like this, because I think um, it will be good competition for Davies, who I think is better defensively, but doesn't have the attributes um, in terms of his ability to automate and progress the ball from the back. Whereas I think maybe um, he is probably a little bit better than that at Davies and maybe needs to be tested a bit more defensively. But I think it's, it's a good problem to have. Good problem to have. Um, and I was really impressed with his, with his first start. I think, I think a lot of Spurs fans were as well. Yeah, exactly. And um, some could have seen it as a bit harsh on Ben Davis, but like we got him in for a reason. Loads of people wanted a left centre back in. Um, yeah, wasn't the ideal target, obviously, but yeah, he's been he, he's impressed me in um, he impressed me in the Fulham game. I said he was brilliant or excellent, but maybe that was being a bit too much. He was comfortable though. Yeah, he was very comfortable. Um, what I love about him as well, like he always seems to be sprinting into spaces to actually be able to receive the ball as well. Like he's mm-hmm. always on the move, looking to want to receive and pause, get the ball. <laughs> maybe even a further pause, but Christ. <laughs> he's he's impressed me, man. He's impressed yeah, me. Yeah, um, he has. He has. And you know what? Like, I think, you know, if he understands the role that he's going to play this season for Spurs and he performs adequately and he can see himself playing, you know, maybe more Champions League football or a team that's kind of moving in a positive direction, you know, maybe a deal can be done. I'm not sure what, what they're what they're saying the deal is probably, but I'm going to say somewhere in the region of about maybe 15 to 20 million if it, if it ends up being happening, if it ends up happening. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. It's still early days for this season, to be honest. So. Yeah, no, it's a um, good point to touch upon, to be fair, because... You'd think with Conte liking him so much, we would have probably included at least an option to buy, which I don't believe we have. So mm-hmm. maybe that's interesting. Maybe it was because of all the fan backlash, including us and myself as well at the time, um, mm. to say we didn't want him. Yeah, who knows? Um, but hopefully if he carries on like this, then boy, he'd be worth more than 20 even. Barcelona are broke though, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, obviously, moving on to obviously, we looked comfortable throughout that first half. I thought we always seemed in control. We actually yeah. started a game well for once. We did. And um, Huibia, who I was almost pleasantly surprised to see start, given he um, had his ankle cremated against Declan Rice and West Ham. Um, I thought he would have at least been rested for the Marseille game. Obviously, he started, was playing really, really well with Ben Tanker as well. I thought. Mm-hmm. They- Constantly got onto the ball, managed to progress it. And um, Hoybier ended up um, 
getting a goal just before half time. What did you kind of make of his um, overall performance? <clears throat> yeah, um, you know, I thought I thought he did well. Uh, you know, I'm I've never really been his biggest fan, but it almost feels like um, he's playing himself into some sort of form and also some regularity in the team as well. Um, he looks like you know our steady Eddie, uh, if you were if you were to call it um, in that midfield. Um, and yeah, uh, I, I I still feel that there's a little bit of just a little bit of imbalance in that pivot. I still feel that we need um, something maybe a bit more. What's the word I want to use? Um, I wouldn't say incisive, but something that's just a bit different. I almost feel that the two of them. Whilst they have their roles, I kind of feel that like um, sometimes the tandem between them can be quite difficult in the sense that if you know you want to get the the one that's more technical, i.e. Bentancur on the ball, but he'll find himself in areas doing lots of defensive work, and then you find Hoiberg in in areas whereby he's more in attacking areas, and he seems to just that seems to be nosebleed sort of for him when he's in attacking areas. Although interestingly. Him getting into an attacking area uh, produced <laughs> a goal for him against oh. Fulham, but um, a couple goals this season already. Yeah, both in London derbies. Absolutely. Um, so uh, you know, I, I I can't really complain to be honest. Uh, I think he's playing. He's. I think he's in a good moment um, right now. I'm just gonna have to just agree with everything that's being said about him. Um, it would be good to get some some more game time for Basuma. Um, so that he can mm. find, he can find his feet, but um, at this point, uh, I can't really I can't really fault Hoiberg. He's he's in a good he's in a good moment. Um, yeah, even that he he has been playing well this season. You're right, and he does seem to step it up in games with like a higher intensity as well. It just seems to suit him being in that in that chaos, I guess. Yeah. Um, I. I Obviously, I was saying even before the game, and I'll say it again in hindsight, I don't think he needed to necessarily drop Basuma. Um, especially what a home game against a favourable team. Yeah. Hoibier and Basuma. Ben Tanker has started off the season quite slowly, so we could have put him on ice for a bit longer. Um, it is interesting to me why um, all that Conte sees Basuma in more that kind of deeper deeper role of the the pivot whereas I would have probably associated him with just getting slightly further forward with someone like Ben Tanker actually holding. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Maybe he's done that in pre-season because Skip was unavailable Um, or coming back from his injury. So we'll see how that plays out because hopefully Skip can um, get some game time soon as well. Well, I say soon. He's not going to be playing for like a month but in within the next few league or cup games. Um, yeah, I, I got, I get the feeling you probably would have dropped him in sun as well before this game. Uh, when I was thinking about it, um, yeah, I, I, I felt that maybe it probably would have been best for him to have uh, been dropped just because I just feel like at this moment in time, it's a bit of a mixed bag with him. It's either do you drop him and let him like regain some sort of uh, like fire in his belly, or do you uh, keep playing him and then let him kind of try and play through the bad form so that he can 
he can get back to where he's at. But I don't know. I just feel like with the amount of minutes he's played and the, just the performances, just doesn't look like a player who's particularly confident in his ability. Everything looks to be particularly deliberate instead of natural uh, for him. And I kind of feel it's unfair for Kulihevsky to have been dropped as a result of it, with Richarlison, you know, providing sort of uh, assists and performing sort of quite well when he's come on. But again, he's a key player to the team and he probably just needs that first goal. But at this point, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Based based off the Marseille performance as well, I I, mm. I I I called his form a bit of a pandemic because <laughs> he just doesn't look like a player who can play at this level at the moment. I just don't I don't understand why. Like even more so, just like the basics. You know, sometimes you can always have a base level that you can kind of fall to. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look like he can dribble. He doesn't look like he can make these easy passes. He's making like the wrong, I don't know, making like the wrong runs. He just, yeah, he just wasn't great. He wasn't great midweek either, to be honest. So, I don't know. I feel like now, even though the City game was, was upcoming, I don't know, maybe this is a good time to give him a rest. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I gassed it a little bit there, talking about him in some, but you have probably been more of his more like, critical um like critical members of the cast on yeah on definitely, definitely um yeah i felt like the times that in in the filling game it, it was quite helpful i felt like his hold up play was a little bit better but i see that's not saying much the bar is pretty much on the floor for that right now like you said mm. he is it, it's quite obvious he is trying too hard but again he still manages to stretch teams in behind with his runs giving us space yeah um yeah. even like even to some extent as well i always feel that maybe he's even just a little bit like he's he's not himself because because kane and richarlison seem to have been built a bit of a, I know, a, a, a bit of a relationship and he seems to maybe feel like like he's left out and he's doing things that maybe he's not comfortable doing or doing things that he wouldn't normally do so I'm a little bit like, just get back to your level, man. Just get back to your level, find a goal, get an assist or something, and then at least we can we can go from there. But at this point, I mean, you know, we're not losing games um, and we've got players to replace uh, him with or ch- to change it up with. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait for that form to come back. Fair enough. Um, yeah, there are obviously questions as well, like whether Sun is mentally, I guess, the type that can kind of have someone challenge him for his spot and he can still kind of thrive under that kind of pressure as opposed yeah. to what he usually does with every season he's been at Spurs is end up playing himself through these bad patches of form. And it's it's funny because we end up saying at times when he does go through these bad patches of form, like, oh, we haven't got someone to come in for him. We haven't got someone to come in for him. And now we do. It's like, <laughs> now we actually do, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we will just carry on playing him through his form anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one to know what to do with him because City would have been their next league game. Um, personally, I don't think I would have dropped him for that, but I think a bad performance or no goals in that game that you can't, you actually cannot question it at this point. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I felt like uh, Sus had a, a decent game in rotation with Perisic. Yeah, I felt like he did. I mean, this is one of the good things as well. Like, I also kind of thought about the game afterwards is that for a long time, you know, even Conte said 
there was times last season he looked back at the bench and there was nothing to really nothing to really be excited about, nothing that he could really change up the team with. But again, this is sort of game that like, you know, both teams played midweek. They had uh, goodish performances, I suppose. And then coming on the back of a Saturday game at 3pm, Fulham have come into the game completely unchanged because, um, you know, they're, they're not going to change a winning formula. And we've gone into the game and we've actually had the ability to make five changes and five, change, five changes in a game where we looked completely comfortable, 20-odd shots, 10 on target. Um, you know, uh, if anything, the game probably shouldn't have been even, you know, I think I think 2-1 even flattered Fulham, to be honest. But again, someone like Sess, you know, he uh, didn't didn't have any minutes uh, in midweek against uh, West Ham. But again, he came in and seemed to do a fairly good job. Uh, worked very hard on, on that left side and actually provided us with lots of uh, good sort of opportunities. He was plugging away, really, almost like trying to impress maybe against his old his old um, employers or or whatnot. But I thought he played well. I thought um, I still sometimes get frustrated about his his inability to take on his man because he's he's often in acres of space on that left side. Um, I often feel that he just, um, every, at the moment, he's kind of building himself back into form and he's doing okay. But again, that one thing that I used to see from him when he was at Fulham, I know it was years ago now, but one thing you see from him was his ability to just charge into attacking spaces, either with a shot or either with with, a, with like a, a cross. And I feel like he needs to do that more. But even for the for uh, the goal, the Kane goal today, um, you know, he first provided the first cross and then, or was it, sorry, the first shot, which was which was kind of blocked and then he kept himself kind of alive to then provide the second um, sort of, uh, well, from the second sort of bit of play, which involved him um, passing it across to Kane um, to tap in um, in the six-yard box. So at this moment, I, you know, I like what he's doing. I like what he's doing. I feel again, you know, similarly, we're looking at players who just need a little bit of, a little bit of guidance, maybe even a little bit of uh, backup. Um, and he kind of has that now in in Perisic. Um, so he kind of is being given some, you know, probably some tips on how to perform in the position and also just uh, the ability to have someone to to compete with it means that, you know, every time you're given the opportunity to play, you're, you're absolutely giving it all you can. Um, and yeah, he, 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 he did that. He did that. Damn. Yeah. Can't agree more. There were a few stuffy moments, I guess, uh, when I was watching it back. But I think generally he's doing a good game. And with it being a kind of rotation game for Cess, it's like you say, it's good that we've got these options. And especially if you're just going to come in for these games as well, fair enough. You're more than good enough to do a job. And so far, touch wood, it's been six game weeks into the season and he's not got an injury yet. So, yeah, you know, like. Uh... That's and, that's and the key for him, really. That's massive as well. You know, continuity. That's what he needs. Continuity. And continuity breeds confidence, hopefully. Yeah. Um, let's see, Richarlison had his kind of debut as well. Um Yeah, what did you make of his performance? Because <laughs> yeah. he's coming oh, no, up uh, on the right hand side as well. I mean, a lot of people expected him to kind of come in for Sun, play in the left, or sun, maybe yeah. through the middle, but playing off the right, it was okay, fair enough. Yeah, he just, I don't know, like, um, there's something different about him. Like, he just seems extremely dogged. That's the one thing to describe him. Uh, I was with, I was with, I was watching, I was at the game with Dave. Uh, and just the one thing that we could just see that he was extremely dogged. 
his pressing for the first goal in the corner with uh, Emerson, and then he's able to recycle the balls, whereby he ended up assisting. Hoiberg was excellent. Um, he just never gives anything up. He's happy to do the doggy work, happy to do the doggies, happy to do the rough work, like happy to put himself about, let people know that he's there. And then the good thing about it as well is that on the other side of the ball, you know, when he does win it or when he does get in positions that he, he can kind of affect the team, he provides quality, he provides quality. Like, I think it was very unfortunate for him to not get that goal and then to be uh, to be yellow carded because of it, even though it was offside. But like I... I'm really, I'm really quite happy. It's weird, really, because for years we used to say we needed someone who was a backup for Kane, and we've never had enough sort of um, squad depth in like players for Son and other wingers. But we're in a moment now where we have someone who can actually kind of play both, and in a weird way as well, he provides a different kind of threat, which I actually like because I think I saw a stat as well where. Um, over the time that he played in the match, he had, I think, 22 odd like uh, sprinted presses as opposed to 10 and 15 respectively from Kane and uh, Son, which kind of which kind of means to me that like you put him in that sort of nine role, or even on the wing, he is a different problem for the defenders to deal with, you know, which is which is positive. Like, I, you know, we're probably, probably going to still say we, we overpaid, but. I feel like even now he he probably still feels he's got something to prove, which I like as well. Uh, I'm 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 not complaining. I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah. It was um, was it a slight precursor as well? So I know he didn't score in the end. Was he had that dislike goal, but he showed really good moments in build up. But um, the precursor was that he um, he instigated that press very very well, especially in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um which is obviously key to us actually starting games better. Um, I felt a bit sorry for Kevin and Barbu, who seemed to be targeted and obviously got <laughs> choked and lost possession quite a few times Yeah. Um, as a result of our press. But yeah, it was satisfying to, to see us score that way again um, because we're going to have to play that way sometimes, uh, especially when we're the favourable team at home. And I'll see that there was a question at the live show from... Uh, Lewis of, of Tachigunas to, to Tobes, like, is your style of football sustainable? And I remember him asking it during the Mourinho time as well, where mm-hmm. we weren't really creating chances. It was pretty much 0.1 XG, but we'd score two goals or something like that. And yeah, he was right, to be fair, at that time in saying that that football wasn't sustainable. But this year, I mean, we're not playing great in midfield at the moment, but we're still managing to create clear chances game after game. Consistently. Yeah. We're still managing to limit, obviously, like Tobe said on the show as well, um, chances for the opposition. We just need to be able to control games better and just be a bit calmer in midfield. Like, we, we've always got the options there. We've got the technical quality there, but we just haven't seemed to compose ourselves to not always play at, like, a 1,000 miles per hour which really and truly we don't really need to do. Um, but obviously, the, I'm moving on to the Marseille game now. Obviously, we won um, against Fulham. Actually, before I move on, yeah, we did concede against Fulham and Christian Romero got a little bit of criticism for, I guess, being a bit too excited. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is that something you're worried about with him? 
Um, with Christian Romero, like one of the things that used to really worry worry me about him was how rash um, he was. He, he's very very front footed, and you know he's not averse from getting a yellow card. But I feel like in the games that I've seen him this season, he's actually managed to kind of calm that down a little bit. And he knows the right moments in which he can fly in and also make challenges that are uh, necessary. Um, I thought the Mitrovic one was a difficult one because it was a breakaway, it was a transition goal. We had pretty much pumped most of our most of our eleven um, in the Fulham half, and they broke away after one of our attacks broke down. Um, and there was one pass which I thought that they wouldn't make. It was a crossful pass, and when it got to him, I was like, he's still got a lot to do from here. I uh, managed to rig it away from Romero. And maybe Romero probably could have stood his ground instead of um trying to get into the trying to get into sort of a battle to win the ball with him. But then by that point Dyer had returned and Emerson just slid in as, you know, some sort of a decoy. But I mean the goal was a really good goal. <laughs> it was a it was a really good finish as well. So at that point I wasn't particularly worried. I was just a bit annoyed because, you know, we added now a bit of pressure to ourselves in the last sort of seven, eight minutes uh, against a team which I thought we were we were wholly comfortable um, in the game against. Um, but again, sometimes it's just about seeing out these performances. No, I'm not. I wasn't particularly um, like annoyed or upset with Ramirez's involvement in that. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, in the box, I'll probably want you to stand up a little bit and keep your pressure. Well, keep the pressure on the defender, on the attacker. But um, Mitrovic, you know, he's, he's fairly cultured. You know, he's, he's a good goal scorer. He found, him, he found some space, even if it was just a little bit, and he was extremely clinical. So he can have yeah, that very, one. Very. He could have played for Jose Mourinho Spurs, for sure. Yeah. This version of him, anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is... I can, I can sense the ops starting to get onto Romero a little bit, which is why I wanted to kind of address it. But, I mean, Conte just seems to be already all over it. He's always said, like, okay, yeah, the guy has quality. He just needs to be more mature. Yeah. I tell him him all the time, he says uh, to him, apparently, which is is interesting. I wonder if he got a bit of a earful after we conceded that goal. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. I just feel like we're so lucky as well. And, you know, obviously we've now signed him um, officially. And he's at what five or six year deal. I just feel that for me, he'll get better and better. This is like a, I really do mean this. He's a fantastic footballer. Like not mm. just, not just in his defensive actions, but his technical ability on the ball is very, very sound. Um, he has this amazing ability to to disguise his passes, whereby some of the midfielders don't even react quick enough to receive them, and some of the fullbacks don't react quick enough to receive them. But this is someone that I I can be happy with that. It's probably going to get better and even more comfortable in the league as well. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Big fan of him, and I really do believe now he's in the top sort of four, or five defenders in the league, hands down. I really do. That's how that's how confident I I am in in him, and in what in what he brings as as a defender as well. Um, you know, one of the things that's big for us at the moment as well is that, yeah, we're winning games and we're being difficult to build, difficult to to beat. But we're I feel like we're extremely robust. We're not given many. We're not given many chances away, and you know, unless you're gonna have chances that are almost like half chances, where you're extremely clinical, like the Suchet goal, like the Mitrovic goal. You know, you're not really getting opportunities to 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 get out our goal like that anymore. So, 
And I think he's one of the reasons that's, that's part of that as well. Um, but again, you know, this is what his, um, this is like his, what, second season, really. Uh, second season? Mm-hmm. Yeah, second season at Spurs. So I think it will get better and better. Um, I'm not particularly, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like worried or anything about, about that side of him. I, th- I think he'll, he'll, he's, he will come on leaps and bounds for us. For sure. And I, I feel comfortable with someone like Conte kind of being on his neck when he does, yeah. when he does kind of get a bit too excited. But yeah, he's uh, it was obviously signed permanently now as well. Obviously that was um, always going to happen, but it's good to have that signed and sealed considering he's already worth more than what we, than what we <laughs> what paid. We paid. Exactly, yeah. Which is, which is brilliant. No, I guess finally moving on to the to the Marseille game. Then we'll see our first game at home in the Champions League for stuff like two years. Um, yeah, <laughs> it feels like we're actually meant to be there this time because we kind of like linked there last time and last, yeah, the team we had um, in that group with Leipzig and Co. It was it was just dire. <laughs> it wasn't very inspiring I think we all kind of knew we weren't really going anywhere in that tournament um, but at home against Marseille where obviously they had quite a few ex-Arsenal players as well so it's kind of built up to be a pretty big game um, no Payet for them though luckily and I think we were um, largely unchanged apart from Perisic coming in at left wing back yeah um, Obviously, that means obviously he continued with the front three of Richarlison on the right, ish, inside right, Kane and Son. So yeah. starts. Um, Emerson still at right wing back as well. Um, I feel like we started that first half rather poorly. But, um, obviously, you missed the first twenty minutes of it. Um, again, you didn't miss much. Uh, but what did you make of that kind of start to the game? Because you were obviously getting that atmosphere in the stadium. There were booze at half time. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a funny one. Um, lots of moaning and groaning. We seemed to we seemed to just allow uh, Marseille to have quite a fair, a fair bit of the ball. Um, but then again, you know, like this is something that I, I, I I'm not like too like. I'm not like too like upset about you know the way that we play in these mo- in these kind of moments. Like we seem to set up in a way that yeah, teams can have the ball, but for all, for all of the possession that they had, for all of the you know passing that they were able to do, they didn't create anything. You know, this is a, a team that is not doing like amazingly in the French league. That that has all these you know ex sort of uh, Arsenal players and players who are of good of of, of like a good level. You know, Veratu and uh, Bai and all this stuff, but you know, for all the position that they had, they didn't—they didn't really cause us much problems. And I actually felt that we were lacking in the basics. I just felt there was no—I felt that we had no funk in that first half. Uh, just lack of intensity, lack of intensity in our press, lack of quickness in our passing. Um, we don't—I don't actually think we got a shot on target until like the 60th minute. I actually so feel was, like our passing was almost too quick once it reached a certain point, though. Yeah, and then we had again, you know, we had we had lots of chances in the sense that we we had, I think it was maybe ten or eleven shots, but just nothing was really clicking in terms of in the box. Kane had one towards the end of the half, which I actually thought 
this is a goal the minute it opened up for him from Sun's pass. But he, you know, yeah. he dragged he dragged that wide, and I don't know. I think if anything, uh, we were just frustrated. I don't know. Like I always feel funny about these 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 boos and people groaning. I feel like because we've performed the way we did at the end of last season and we've started the season quite well, scored goals and not conceded much. People have I actually feel people have become expectant. Oh, were you not were you not one of the ones that booed then? Or? No, no, I wasn't. No, I wasn't. Um I I'm actually I kind like, of just, a little bit surprised at that, to be fair. Yeah, I, I kind of felt that like it was there was nothing that they were doing that, that kind of made me feel like okay, it was I just felt that we just need we just needed to tighten up or sharpen up a little bit in our play. Um, and I just feel that, you know, sometimes there are going to be games, especially in the Champions League, because the Champions League, you know, like compared to the Premier League, yeah, Marseille aren't like amazing, but they're at a good technical level. Um, and there are going to be games, I imagine, against Sporting and against uh, Frankfurt as well, where there's going to be moments where it's not going to be all Spurs and it's not going to be easy. And that's OK. You can actually ride these games out and, and be patient. And that's, again, what we did. Like when we think about how the game went, like it sounds crazy, but Tottenham actually were able to overcome a low block. You know, they, they got 10 men uh, after the red cards. Um, they sat in deep. They defended pretty well. And in the end, we actually, you know, fine. It was against 10 men, but we were able to break down their, their, their low mid block. And that's kind of, you know, what fans kind of we've wanted for a long time. The ability to, in these games where we have lots of chance, lots of possession, and it's not always going to be, okay, we're going to just, we're just going to open our... <laughs> and just let you do what you want we're just get, you know there's going to be games where it's going to be a bit frustrating and it's going to take uh maybe one half chance turn into a goal or uh two half chance turn into a goal and that's just how it went to be honest I, I, at this at this point i'm not i'm not i'm not complaining about how things are going i'm not i'm not i mean yeah, there's going to be i think there's going to be games more like that against against uh for us this season i think there's going to be games more like that in the league and in the champions league where teams are going to be, they are going to be frustrating, and we're not going to have everything go our way, but just little bits of quality, just little bits of quality which Richarlison provided. Exactly, exactly. It was, I think, for me, um, the first half in particular was just a case of, I thought the game plan was fine. Yeah. Honestly, I thought the game plan was fine. Like, yeah, we invited a little bit of pressure on, let Marseille have a bit of the ball, but uh-huh. whenever we got the ball, you could see even before we progressed it, the gaps were there. The gaps yeah. were there, and it was like okay, like maybe because of the sense of urgency, being in the stadium, first game back in the Champions League, two years, whatever. Yeah, there was just a little bit too much. Well, too, there was not enough composure in that play. So obviously, we just get straight to the forward line and try mm-hmm. and have this cute interplay. We try and flick it onto each other, go straight through on goal in like two, three passes, and it would just break down. Yeah. almost every single time. Whereas if we kind of laid it off to a midfielder to release a win back or again, release one of the other wider attackers, just a little bit, just an extra pass or two, we would have been through almost every single time. It. Um, it, it was just lacking that. I think you touched upon it as well. Just the basics, just the basics, even though like the notes in the game plan seemed for intensive purposes, pretty spot on. Um, we just going to get the basics right. And there were times as well where I felt like they were letting Emerson just roam <laughs> because we just weren't giving him the ball. It was, I think it's got to a point now where a lot of our players, again, just don't trust him. Again. That's it. That's, That's it, you see. He was... 
that free to be released quite a few times. I just remember seeing us turn back, lay off the side at least two or three times where Emerson had peeled off and he was in at least like 20 yards of space. And then when he did get the ball in space, we had, I think he had like three people to aim at and he tried to switch it to Perisic, which would have been a, a decent option, but he played the ball so far behind him, it just killed the whole attack. It just yeah. killed, it completely killed the whole attack. Like, this is something that I'm just finding at this point. I don't know, man. Uh, I can't fault, I can't fault this guy defensively, but he's he's just so bored from an attacking sense. I mean, he really is like so poor, and it's so obvious as well that like you know key players in the team just do not trust this guy in attacking moments. So it's almost like you're giving the guy enough space and time to do what he wants, but then even his own teammates are being like, "Nah, I'm not, I'm gonna just wait and maybe not pass you because." Even if I do, it's probably it's probably coming back to me. And even if you do go forward, there won't be much. There won't be much. And also, teams are clocking onto it as well. Teams are saying, you know what? Give this guy as much time and space as he needs because he's not going to do anything with it. I you don't know, know why is... it would have taken him so long to do <laughs> Which is absolutely insane. There were like two, three moments against Fulham at home that this guy, like, they just completely left him out wide. And it went out wide to him, and the guy has either too much time or the quality of the pass is just low. So you're just like, okay, well, you know what, man? Do your thing, bro. Do your thing. I feel like he... Um, I think I'm saying I feel like quite a lot on this part. Uh, I don't know if I usually do that, but um, for me, Emerson needs to play with Kulisevsky if he's going to be playing on that right-hand side. Because yeah. You could see at times, even last season, that like Kulisevsky was almost like holding his hand and constantly making sure he was shown as the option. Yeah. You could then just carry it then up the wing for him where he could just kind of check back. And he actually proves to be quite useful when he tucks in because he, yeah, actually yeah. has a decent bit of ball retention. He can make up numbers in midfield. Yeah. But when he's out wide and asked to be a creative hub, it's just not worse. But you're, you're getting he's, he's been solid. It's, it's yeah. so annoying it is very annoying because like to be honest with you at least you know when when he's in defense he's very happy to track back he's very happy to make his tackles to stop crosses from coming in you know he gets in his positions well and you're just like fine you know at least on one side of the ball i can trust you i can at least say okay you're 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 going to give me that but just from the attacking point and it's just it's such a frustrating one because he is so limited in that respect <laughs> he's so limited in respects and he's a player that's gifted so much time and space i just think god it, someone who had just 25 percent, 35 percent more ability more quality we, we, it would result in so many more attacking chances or attacking goals being created for goal you know it, it, it really minimum. would be it, it really would and it's just like, you can see that even just the quality, just the raising quality we have in Perisic from, you know, say a regular or a Cess. Immediately, he's providing uh, assists. He's getting into areas that are causing some sort of problems. And, you know, at least you know, you know, at least you know what you're, what you're kind of going to get. With Emerson, is he going to make the first time pass? Don't know. Is he going to make the back post pass? Don't know. No, is he I've gonna not ma- seen that enough. <laughs> is he going to make the... Is he gonna make a? Is he gonna make a fizz front post front post cross? Don't know. You just you just don't know what you're gonna get. You see. Um, so at this point, we'll just have to accept it. 
just because of his defensive contribution, you know? Exactly. Um, I think he would have probably sided against Man City as well, but that's... <laughs> he did end up being hooked um, against Marseille quite quickly. Yeah, um, he did, yeah. I can't remember if it was like half-time or just shortly into the second half. I think no, it was shortly in the second half after the red card. Um, yeah. Because I think Kulisevsky was supposed to come on immediately and then they waited the red card and they waited like four or five minutes and then they just put him they put him almost like a. As they a, put him in what position, sir? I, I, I was just about to check him, and I wasn't. I was just checking my. Uh, I was checking my my paperwork just to see what position they they put Kulisevsky in. But yeah, they they put him in the uh, in the right wing back role. <laughs> just for a slight bit of context, uh, there's been a little bit of chat in the group chat. Um, it was after Conte said last season that Kulisevsky would be a good option as a wing back, and I was like. I'm actually really on that. Like, if we're having to struggle time after time against deeper to mid blocks, then why not have someone who's going to be playing in a position where he's going to be asked to be a creative hub? Yeah. Who effectively is going to take up the same positions anyway and um, is willing to do the doggies defensively, but won't necessarily need to do a high, uh, like, a, I guess, a high amount against the team who are obviously looking to sit in a bit. Um, yeah, I always had a good feeling about it as soon as Conte said it, and um, no one else has really been on it. And I remember even speaking on um, a space about it, and the host immediately dismissed it. He's now since tweeted that it's actually a really good option for us, which is um, <laughs> interesting. excellent, uh, excellent like, option. Now, but... uh, do you know what's funny as well? Is yeah, that yeah. like that's fine. He's so he's so good from a technical perspective like you know even though he's on that right side and he's left footed and you know what he's going to do he still has the ability to either take on his man to use the channel or if he needs to come inside just come inside beat his man find a cross like it's just and it's just annoying as well because just like oh I could see what he could probably do if he was on that right side but I don't need him on that right side Owen all right I don't need him on that right wing back I need him playing you know in that uh, right sided attacking area where he's going to He's going to cause damage against Which teams. At, against Marseille at right wing back. I mean, I allowed <laughs> us to, I guess, keep all of our attackers on and break down. Yeah. Break down. I mean, it gave us a lot of thrust, to be fair. Like, it did. It did. It did. It was um, it was a good proactive change by Conte, albeit again against 10 men. 10 men, I'm yeah. Kind mm-hmm. of caveat it with that. Um, I guess a slight shout out to Son as well, who still didn't necessarily have a great game. He didn't have a good game even. But he, like in a few games this season, he's just proved to have these little bits, the little bits of play where he'll be effective with us winning the game, where it'll be taking the corner, which we score from, mm-hmm. um, forcing an own goal against West Ham, getting a red card forced from um, Mbemba against Marseille. It's yeah. weird that he's still managing to force these little moments as he's like a kind of, main player who can still run in behind and stretch teams um but yeah he was uh, visibly just not confident every time we had a break like there was one in particular three on three which we had towards the end of the game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and he just took an age just to release the ball just to release it yeah even the chance for Kane in the first half like could have released him immediately he had like two or three more touches turned Mm -hmm. twice and then released him it was like oh bless him really but i mean um we'll see 
that Kulisevsky change, as we said, um, allowed us to get on the front foot more, allowed us to not obviously just be funneled out to have our attacks break down on the right-hand side. Um, we were using that extra pass a lot better. And um, eventually, uh, Richarlison got a nice little goal. Yeah. Heritage with a beautiful cross as well. Yeah, well, again, it's such a funny one right now. This is why I kind of like the fact that what Richarlison is offering us, you know, because I'll be honest with you, Son didn't have a great game. Kane didn't have a great game, even to the point where he was trying to find himself in positions where I don't really want to see Son, uh, Kane. I don't really want to see him on the, in the channels trying to be um, the person crossing into the boss. I don't really want to see him um, in that deeper sort of area trying to uh, make things happen. I want to see him in the box. I want to see him in and around uh, the two centre-backs, causing some problems, dragging people away. And fortunately, we actually had someone in Richarlison who's very much happy to stay in that area so that he can cause as many problems as possible when the ball comes into the box. And honestly, two of the goals that he scored were pretty much both in the six-yard box, you know? Um, so to be able to have that kind of quality in Son and Kane, but also that added quality with someone like uh, Richarlison, um, I think it's such a it's such a bonus, you know, and both of the goals were so like clinical. The first one, like when you watch it back as well, and even being there, he hit it with such power, it pretty much went through the goalkeeper, which was like which was kind of crazy. But mm. the second one as well, like as the ball come in, you know, he's even got to judge it whereby if the defender doesn't get it, he's still got to be alert to make sure he gets on the end of it. And uh, you know, so he did exactly that, you know. Yeah, that second uh, header was which so was which was brilliant, like you know, two sort of goals within five minutes, kind of wins the game. Champions League debut, um, Champions League debut, and also uh, his first his first goals for Spurs after the disallowed one on the weekend. So you know, I think he's it's it's important. I think it's good that we have that at the moment. Um, and he just seems to be he just seems to be a welcome addition. I've I have said that to be fair this season. I have said that. Whilst I can't really judge what he's going to be like, I was I was always a bit miffed about the price. But now looking at it, he, he does look a welcome addition, you know. And apparently, he gets on with the, with the team. He's very well liked. Um, and even Conte asked him to really just make what he could of that Champions League debut, you know, just to keep doing what he's doing for the team. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Just disappointed that we you know, we couldn't carry on into this weekend because. You know how much we enjoy playing City, but um, mm. with everything that's gone on, yeah. I mean, nonetheless, I mean, we're back, baby. That's all that matters. We're back. Yeah, we are. We are. You know, one thing as well, like you know, uh, back in the Champions League, performing at a goodish level. We've even in the league, we're on like five or six unbeaten at home, which I think is the longest we've done in about four or five years. Um, it, which is like important, I think. Uh, it's just important that we kind of build some sort of fortress um, at home uh, for a nice base so that people, you know, uh, they think that they want to come to London, that they don't want to play Spurs at home. They don't, they don't want to play against a Conte team where they're going to have to break them down and, and stop their attack. So I I'm, I can't really, like, you know, I can't really complain at the moment. Just need some some more sun form, to be honest. That will, that will lighten my mood a bit. Mm. And I just want to wind it back a little bit because um, I, I was praising Conte's um proactivity. Yeah. In um in before getting us I forgot. There was another set of substitutions which he made just before we scored our first goal. 
Um, <laughs> and I want to touch a point because we could be seeing this like in future games as well. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting if we do. Um, he ended up subbing off Longley and uh Romero for Ben yeah. Davis and Tanganga to Tanganga, just play yeah. come again as played as um played as wider centre backs where I thought we could have used a bit more energy in midfield. Basuma could have came on even. Uh, what did you make of those subs at the time? Um it was a funny one because we hadn't we hadn't had even we hadn't scored by that point. So I was yeah. a bit like Mm, is he just resting these guys or is he just want to try something different? I, I, it was a funny one. I wasn't really sure about it because I was like, I've not seen Tanganga all season and Davies doesn't need to come on at this point. I, I thought if anything, that was a, it was a bit of a risky one, but I don't know. I suppose in his mind, he probably thought, I don't know. Maybe he saw ahead. He probably thought, Oh, the goal's probably coming. Um, why not just keep, uh, why don't we just uh, change it up? But then we can keep kind of the pressure on with with how we're playing and how we how we like are retaining the ball, but just change it up with someone who will players who are a bit more fresh. And that's the only thing I can I can think of. But again, it was a surprising one. I thought that we would bring more attacking players, and I thought Gill would probably would have been a good option to have. Maybe even Spence just to open them up a, a little bit. But no, that wasn't the case. It was just uh, in the end, it was what three def- was it three defenders and. And Basuma in the end. Yeah, yeah, Basuma came on after we yeah. went to up, as did uh, Matt Doherty, I guess, to yeah. get that balance back again. But I guess yeah. my thinking, obviously, at the time, I was thinking, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're bringing on two centre backs, well, two effectively players who play centre backs for us on when yeah. we're still trying to get a goal. And I can kind of see what he was trying to do, obviously, just protecting us from that counter in players who are familiar with. Not just defending centrally, but defending in wide positions as well. Obviously, Tanganga has a decent amount of experience right back. Ben Davis, we'll see, pretty much is a left back. Um, and it was Davis, I guess, who contributed a little bit to our first um, first goal. He, can see, I think, he gave the ball to Perisic, and then he made the land lap. He rung to be a presence in the box. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, is another player Marseille have to make sure he's occupied. So, absolutely, absolutely. I think it's no accident where we managed to get someone extra at the front post and then an extra player peeled off at the back post to score. I think it just, you make your own luck sometimes by just putting players in the box and having the actual, a quality delivery. Yeah, exactly. You know, Big Ivan. Big yeah, Ivan I think and... he's tallied up with few assists this season already. Yeah, he has. He has. And he's got into lots of opportunities as well. Um, even him as well is a funny one on the, against Marseille. I, I didn't think he, I didn't think he was particularly like effective. He just, you know, some of the basics again, like he that he's like very good at. Just uh, couldn't like bring some chances under some like long passes and through balls under control. His first time passes was were a little bit off. He wasn't he wasn't great, but then again, um, just little bits of quality with like with the assist for that for that first goal he was able to provide. And Hoiberg provided the assist uh, for the second one as well. So, I mean, I think it's going to be, there's going to be some games this season that it's going to be, It's. I think it's going to be like that. It's going to be teams that are going to come and sit. Um, they're going to make it very difficult for us and we've just got to be clinical when those chances come. Um, and there will be some games like the, like the Southampton game where, you know, um, you are extremely clinical, chances come thick and fast and you take them. But at this point, um, 
we're still unbeaten as a team, which is uh, people might say, okay, oh, it doesn't mean anything um, in September, but you know we've we've played seven or eight games, uh, or six or seven games at this point. Um, we've uh, we've not lost any, um, and we've performed adequately in most of them. In the difficult ones away from home, especially in London, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea away, um, West Ham away, you know, in games that we lost last season, we picked up points. So, um, yeah, it's, it's 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 it feels like we're in we're in a goodish moment. But again, um, like Lewis, kind of is you know keep asking. Uh, I want it. I want it to be sustainable, just to the point whereby we are in more control of games, uh, more clinical um, in front of goal, and we're giving even less chances away, which I, which I kind of think we will do. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I think one of the reasons, or a few of the reasons why, um, I still think this is way more sustainable, obviously, than that Mourinho team, as yeah. well as obviously the way we're playing, obviously creating chances, not conceding. We've still got a high number of quality players who have still yet to get out of second gear. Like Kane, yeah. who's still been scoring, hasn't got a second gear. Son's not mm-hmm. even got out of first gear. Uh, ben Tanker started the season a little bit slowly. Um, or slower than I would have, or we would have expected him to. Bissouma still yet to come into the team. You've got Doherty and Spence, who are still to be integrated to kind of help us out on that right-hand side. Um, probably be Doherty a bit sooner than than Spence, but Spence, Spence yeah. is still going to be there. Um, and, and, and Richarlison's only really kind of hit the ground running. We've you know had lots of substitute appearances from Kudusevsky, but even in even in his appearances, he's managed a couple. Uh, what is it? A goal, a couple assists as well. So, well, I mean, it's yeah. exactly that. It's exactly that. Um, and that's what I mean. Like he's he scored in the Champions League, but he he's still yet to kind of show what he can do in a special in the league. Yeah. So it's still exciting times, obviously, when we do eventually play league games again. Um, remains to be properly seen. Um, but we do have a game in midweek. I don't believe it's been cancelled. Uh, playing Sporting away on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so just wanted to slight preview that. I think I'll probably use this opportunity for the lack of league football to maybe even catch their game on the weekend to try and scout them yeah. a little bit. But... Um, they obviously won their game against Frankfurt 3-0 with one of our ex-academy prospects yeah. looking <laughs> a huge threat and is their current number 10. So, I mean, um, how are you feeling as a kind of quick prediction for that game? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know that much about sporting, to be honest with you. Um, if I'm honest with you, I, I don't know, like, too much about them. Uh, I know that the They've signed that Trincao guy back, who was at uh, who's at Wolves, and I know obviously Marcus Edwards um, has managed to get himself into a good moment there. Um, but I can't really say that I'm like well versed on them. Um, I'm I'm not sure what it says about them or Frankfurt that they beat them so convincingly. Um, but they're a team that's always involved um, in the in the the league race in. In Portugal, uh, with Benfica and and Porto, so I assume for them to be back in the Champions League must mean that they're still at a good level. Um, I don't really know what to expect from them, um, although I do know sometimes going to these Portuguese sides away from home um, can sometimes be difficult. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'll be I'll be very frank. I, I have no idea what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I only really saw. Um... 
I guess like bits of the second half live, I also caught the highlights as well. Um, for what I can see from um, obviously the app which I loaded up and played the Champions League theme through, mm-hmm. it was no accident, but I mean, any excuse to play it at the moment, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they seem to uh, they look like they're gonna match us up, to be fair. They look like they're gonna match us up, they don't look like they have a clear kind of number nine. No, it doesn't look um, that interesting. way. Interesting. I wonder if it was like a circumstantial thing for them to be playing Frankfurt, but their front three was obviously Trincao, Pedro Conservas, and um, Marcus Edwards. Uh, Edwards was looking yeah. like he was maybe operating as a false nine, um, which will be interesting. Um, I don't know how to feel about them not having a number nine, but I expect us to maybe invite pressure on them um, from them. And us yeah. to kind of set up the way we did against Marseille and catch them on the break. Uh, but who knows? We saw, I think I saw um, when Sporting played Arsenal in the Europa League, maybe not yeah. last year, the season before, and that was a really, really entertaining tie. There was lots of goals and, and quality as well from both sides. So I expect this to be a hard game. I'd still expect us to win. Um, but it could be dicey, like, I guess every European time in Europe, but yeah, I'm going to put my neck out a little bit. Uh, I wasn't confident ahead of the Marseille game, but now I've seen us kind of come through that. We've got the rest of the Premier League. Um, yeah, I think I can see us winning 3-1. Yeah, it'll be an interesting one because Edwards, lots of stuff seems to go through him um, at Sporting. And like, again, he's, he's, you know, no one's ever denied how good he is technically as well. Um, he's always been like a kind of a kind of a decently sort of technical player. Um, you know, you know what these like low, these smaller players with low sense of low sense of gravity, very good dribbler, um, yeah. very sure of himself. So it will be interesting to see how he how we come through that. Um, I imagine he'll probably want to perform adequately against his old suitors. But again, this is a game that I think um, won't be easy. But again, it's always winnable, and I think if we can uh, try come out of this, these first three games, um, with without dropping any points, I think we should be comfortable to go to the next the next stage. But again, you know, at this point, it's game, game by game, um, and they're going to be wanting to take the onus um, in the group as well by trying to beat us um, after winning midweek against Frankfurt as well. So it'll be a good game. I I, I think it'll be a good game. Um, we are quite we are quite lucky in the sense that we'll be a bit more fresh because they're playing on the weekend and mm. we're not, um, which kind of is good and also gives us a bit more time to prepare. For, Hold that sporting um, <laughs> to pre- to prepare for the game. But yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Um, there's no reason why we can't perform against Sporting. Yeah, sign it up perfectly. Well, well that uh, that will conclude our stream and our pod for this morning. I'll see the audio is going to go straight out. Um, yeah, thank you, Booker T, for being my kind and gracious co-host today. And um, no, no problem, pal. No problem. I hope you and anyone else listening has um has a lovely weekend. Yeah, love that. Thanks, bro. I'll be your host, X Pack, and uh, signing off. Peace. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal!
Podcast Network.